0: And this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. This week's episode of Kiwi birth tales is proudly brought to you by My Monthly. My Monthly is your new go-to online store for all things period, pregnancy and postpartum related. Working alongside several well-known and trusted New Zealand brands such as the Hello Cup, Bear and Moo, Haka, Awa, Noopy Nappies, Only Good Skin Care and more, My Monthly offers products and gift packs to suit women's needs throughout different stages of their lives. They have created a range of packs including but not limited to the Pre-Period Pack for those preparing for their daughter's first period, the Next Step Pack for those making the move to reusable period products, the Mum-to-Be Packs for a useful, beautifully packaged gift, as well as a range of eco-friendly packs with a focus on sustainable products such as menstrual cups and organic period-proof underwear, tampons and pads. Whether you're looking for the perfect baby shower gift or perhaps you're after some personal hygiene products for yourself, My Monthly are all about making life easier for the modern-day woman. So they have packaged up the most premium products for you to purchase all in one place. For the month of December, My Monthly will donate $5 from every pack purchased to the Starship Foundation a charity close to their heart. You can view all that My Monthly has to offer on their Instagram at my.monthly or their Facebook page at mymonthlynz or you can check them out at www.mymonthly.co.nz Thanks so much to the ladies from My Monthly for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. I love your online store and I love your Instagram and just really love what you guys are doing so I'd love for the listeners to go and show them some support. I'll make sure I leave all their links in the show notes. Now I do have to apologise for the sound of my voice at the time of this recording, I am unfortunately sick with another daycare bug, but yeah, if you can put up with that it is a really good episode. In today's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales I speak with Christine, and Christine has five children but she only takes us through in depth in her final birth, so Christine has a range of births, her first was vaginal, her second was a C-section, and then all others have been vaginal births too, but... Her final one we focus on uh, because all of her other birth experiences informed her final birth. She didn't feel like she was done after four and she takes us through that decision and how they made that choice um, between her and her husband. She takes us through some postnatal depression that she had after her fourth child and how she prepared herself for her fifth. And then we talk through her birth experience, which was a hospital birth. It was quite fast, and she talks about feeling a bit overwhelmed by how fast it was. But all in all, it was a really positive um, experience, so she talks us through that. And then we talk about adjusting to life with a newborn when you've already got four children, uh, what their family dynamics are like, and yeah, it's just a really awesome interview. So I really loved talking with Christine, and I know that you're going to
1: enjoy this one. So let's jump into it.
0: Hi, Christine. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'll I'll try not to talk your ear off too much. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and
0: who's in your family?
1: Yep. Okay, so my name is Christine Nation. I live in the Manawatu in the North Island. Um, I am mother of five, so I have <laughs> my two girls who are 11 and 12. Um, with my oldest one starting high school next year. And then I have my three boys at the other end who are three and a half, two and five weeks today.
0: Um, oh, wow, busy household. Wee...
1: <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, and saying that, there was a wee bit of a gap there. So the the older girls are a bit like mums. They help out a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, awesome. Um. And do you want to take us through, I guess, uh, if we focus mostly on your most recent pregnancy and birth do you want to talk us through I guess what the journey was like to pregnancy for you and um yeah. yeah
1: absolutely so my fourth child was actually going to be my last um yeah and we we had collectively agreed on that so how we came to this decision <laughs> <laughs> it was literally just driving in the car um and my husband just said, do you want another one? <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and that's how our decision came. So from there, I think we we decided in about uh, October last year. And then by, I think, what is it, March this year, we were pregnant. So I just, I went off the pill and... um And we just waited. I think by now I know my body pretty well, so Mm. I knew when to test and all of that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, and then we were pregnant. And then it was scary because it was number five.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it sounds like a massive decision to make for me who's only got one and just can't even (laughs) comprehend
1: getting that many. The emotions emotions were crazy. I went backwards and forwards with is this a good idea? Is this not a good idea? Is this going to be too hard on the other kids? Is this going to be too hard on us? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we were just like, nah, we've got one more seat in the car. Let's do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And so did you take a pregnancy test to find out you you were pregnant or did you have a pretty good idea before you took it?
1: Um, no, I took I took a test. So I I'm one of those annoying people. I have to know everything straight away. So I knew when I was ovulating. I knew the earliest I could test. Um, so I think I had you know the whole ten days post ovulation. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'd taken a couple of tests that had come out negative, and then I took. Yeah, then I took one the next morning and it was positive. Very, very, very faint. One of those ones that you, you post in your, in your um, what's it called? You know, when you're trying to get pregnant, you're trying to conceive pages. Can you see a line? <laughs> Can anyone see a line? Yeah. It, was, it was one yeah. of those. I showed my husband and he's going, no. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, took a test. Um, I think I knew in myself anyway, but you kind of, don't let it sink in unless you see that see that you're actually pregnant.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, for sure.
1: Did, did, did that booked in with, no, I didn't book in with a doctor this time. I just contacted a midwife um, yeah. straight away, which was a bit hard for me this time because I didn't have the same midwife that I'd had for my previous ones. So my midwife this time around was brand spanking new. Uh, (laughs) um but she was really lovely so yeah I contacted a midwife um we got onto her she's she was half an hour away out of town um and then we kind of just relaxed until covid hit
0: yeah did you have many pregnancy symptoms sort of in your first trimester and if you did was that different to your previous pregnancies or what was your sort of early pregnancy like this time
1: uh, early pregnancy was exactly the same, I'd, I'd probably say, as um, all the others. I get, um, I get this morning sickness or the nausea. I don't actually vomit in, unless I'm really hungry, if I haven't <laughs> eaten anything. Um, so I, I got the nausea. I was quite sick, um, but I get super tired. So I knew that as well, and the cramping. So those were the things that gave it away for me as well. I said, I said to Shane, sorry, Shane is my husband. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I feel crampy, but but not the period crampy, and and that's also why I wanted to take a test. Um, like I said, I think after five, you kind of tend to pick up on those little niggles, mm. and you yeah. and you can pick them apart from from your everyday like period niggles so yeah just pretty much pretty crampy for a few days then I was I was sick pretty much up until exactly 12 weeks um and it wasn't really anything in particular that set me off it was just yeah yeah it would just come in waves really um yeah And and just really really tired
0: yeah yeah, I can um, <laughs> relate to that. Mine was, mine was much the same. And what was the rest of your pregnancy experience like? So did you do the sort of standard testing that's offered in New Zealand? And um, did you find out the sex?
1: Yeah, so we, um, we got all the initial scans. So I think we got a, we got a dating scan. Uh, we had that at about eight weeks. Um, then we went for our 12-week scan And then what we had our 20-week scan, and we did. We found out the gender. We found out it was a boy. Um, I have tried to get away with at least one of them not finding out, but my pedantic husband thinks that he (laughs) needs to know and he needs to prepare. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we did. We found out, and it was another boy. And at this stage, I was really happy because uh, I felt like it was just the perfect... Into our three younger ones, so yeah. my my older two my older two girls are so close, and to have the three boys just seemed pretty cool. So we got, yeah, so we got that scan. I'm not usually, so we were going to have the Down syndrome testing and for the other um, genetic testing. I'm not too keen on that because I myself personally. I would I would keep a baby no matter what um, yeah and as for, as for preparation I would cross that bridge when it come to it so um, I'm kind of a I'll deal with what's to come when it comes mm. <laughs> if that makes sense um, yeah. Yeah. but yeah other than that just the same um, blood tests and everything like that until 29 weeks so at 21. At twenty nine weeks, I had a really large bleed, um, mm-hmm. which put me in hospital. I was only I was only in overnight, and then I came home and then had another bleed two days later. So mm. after that, I I had two more scans, um, from in between twenty nine weeks and the forty weeks, just to check my placenta and see yeah. if they could see where the bleeding was coming from, but there was they couldn't find anything. Um, mm. They assumed maybe just a corner of my placenta had come away a little bit, and that was causing a bleed, and it would reattach, and, and everything was okay after that. So I did. I had two more extra scans, and that was all the testing that I had.
0: Yeah, and had you had the bleeds um, in any of your other pregnancies?
1: No, never. So that scared mm. me. Um, yeah. I had said to my midwife, had this been my first pregnancy, I probably would have gone, okay, this is something that happens. But because mm. I, had had, I had had four others with no bleeding, nothing, this just was really abnormal to me. And abnormal does not feel safe. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, I was really worked up. I was upset. I thought something was wrong um and yeah i i probably panicked a little more than i should have but yeah because mm-hmm. it was so abnormal to me um that concerned me quite a lot but we got yeah, they yeah. they looked after us so well um gave us all the information we needed and you know explained what it could be and yeah
0: yeah
1: everything worked yeah, out okay awesome.
0: cool and um i guess in terms of Birth. so did you have many thoughts on how you wanted your birth to go and do you just want to give us a really brief run through of your previous births and how that sort of helped you make a decision around what you might like this birth to look like?
1: Yeah sure so um, my first birth was actually my best by far and and that was just <laughs> really easy. <laughs> I know that probably sounds really weird um, but that pushed me to want a home birth for my second And that did not go to plan. I ended up having a caesarean. And I had to have an emergency caesarean with my second one because I stayed at home for too long. So I was very stubborn. I was going to have my home birth. Um, Mm -hmm. Things weren't progressing and I stayed stubborn. I'm going to stay at home and I'm going to have my home birth, Um, which I, I was 22 at the time. And I essentially put myself and my baby in danger. So... After having that experience, um, I was going to listen <laughs> to anyone and anything. <laughs> um, so I had my third one in hospital um, and just took a lot of guidance from everyone, uh, but also stood my ground with what I wanted. So um, I like the water when, when I'm laboring. So I had water for a bit. Um, I... Actually, if I can just add something in, I did go to antenatal classes with my first son, so I'd already had two children, but my husband hadn't, Um, and they taught us a lot that I didn't actually already know about what you could do in a hospital to make it feel like a home birth. Um, Mm, Okay. So we we took music and photos and all sorts and made it a lot more comfortable and so I just carried all those kind of things through with um, my recent baby, Maddox. Um, and I I wrote down my whole birth plan and everything I wanted with uh, to give to my midwife, um, which she actually never looked at. So <laughs> we just <laughs> um, set it in motion ourselves. So I'm, you know, the delayed cord clamping. Um, I wanted a room with the bath just in case I needed to get in the water. Um, we had our music playing so that I felt more relaxed. I need I need to be in a place that feels like home when I'm laboring. If that yep. if this doesn't sound too weird, but I feel like I'm a bit of a cat in a sense, like you know how they go into <laughs> the house. I just want to go into the house and and be in my own place and birth. But um yeah yeah it was. To be honest with medics it was really quick so it wasn't as relaxed as I would hope but yeah for my plan it's just to make it all as much like home as possible really
0: Mm. yeah awesome cool (laughs) and did you do much um in preparation for birth so do you do any antenatal expressing or perennial massage or anything like that in preparation for birth
1: um not not really. I do I did um I do express the colostrum and freeze it. Yeah. So um I've done that with my last three babies. Um just little bits out every day, freezing that. We found that really helpful with um my first son, so carried that on through with these two. Um mm-hmm. I did at nighttime in the last couple of weeks before having them got on the yoga ball a lot more and was doing um, labor meditation. So oh, yeah. that's nice. actually I, – I actually hadn't done that before until Maddox. So the, this my last labor was the first time I did any of that, and I actually loved it. So just mm. leaning over my ball, eyes closed, headphones on, listening to um, the pregnancy meditation and everything, it was – just gets you in the zone so relaxing um I think this last time I started being a lot more aware of my body as well and if I felt him sink down towards uh the end I would lean over something and rock just just trying to help him along and just subtly help him get into place and get things going and yeah um As for the massage and all of that, no, I didn't, I've got, I wish, but I've got four other kids at home, so (laughs) I think it was just trying to look after me and look after them and some things get lost. Yeah, Yeah,
0: for sure, yeah. Awesome, cool, and do you want to talk us through your labour starting, was it spontaneous and how far along were you?
1: you? Uh, So I gave birth to Maddox uh, 40 weeks to the day, on his due date.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it was spontaneous. Um, I woke up at about eleven o'clock at night, and I had been having really intense Braxton Hicks for about three weeks. I'd like to say, maybe. Yeah. Where pretty much every night, I thought this is it. We're getting going. Um, <laughs> so I woke up and I thought, oh, here we go again. Another <laughs> night of false labour. Um, so I was pretty pissed off, (laughs) and so I just tried to go back to sleep, and I remember just waking up to one really horrific one where I was holding the headboard and still went, no, not falling for it, I'm not (laughs) falling for it, um, and so I just, I got up, and I had some magnesium, a glass of water, and was going to prepare a bath, because, um, I've kind of had the, the fake labor with all of my children, so that's what I've always yeah. been told to do. You know, I had the muscle relaxants, have a hot bath, have, have some water, and if everything slows down, then it, it's not real labor. So I did that and hopped back into bed, and they just were getting stronger. And About one o'clock, my husband uh, walked past because oh, he was sleeping in our other son's room because they don't sleep. And he walked past to go to the toilet and I just said, I think I'm in labor. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I'm not sure. But I'm think I'm in labor. <laughs> um and then yeah, he went to the toilet and went back to bed and I tried to go back to sleep, but you know, once once you think that's it, you can't. Mm. Um Yeah. So yeah, my my other two boys before this one. I actually had um, stretch and sweeps and went straight into labour. So so this mm-hmm, was okay. odd for me. Yeah, I I was more aware this time that if I went into labour, naturally it would be a longer process than what I'm used to. Um, so, yeah, that, that was different. Having, you know, contractions 15 minutes apart kind of thing yeah. for a long period of time. I uh, hadn't had that before. So this was the first stage of labour was a lot longer than what I was used to.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. And do you want to talk us through, I guess, um, how your labour progressed and then into your birth story from there?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I I laid on the couch for a while. Um, I, w- I was pretty upset at one point because my contractions had gone to about seven minutes apart, but they felt way more painful than what I was used to so they were still very far apart but the pain in them was so intense so bad Mm. um and then after about an hour of seven minutes apart they went to 12 minutes and 14 minutes and um so I remember just crying I was like you've got to be kidding me these are Mm. so painful and now they're even further apart um and, and then they would come back to eight minutes. And by that point, I was so confused because, you know, contractions are supposed to be consistent. So what's happening? Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> sorry. I had, we got to about four o'clock in the morning and um, I had just said to my husband, I want to go. So where we live, we live in Foxham Beach, which is about 40 minutes from the hospital. Um and we have friends that live up there, so we had organized that we would go and sit at their house while I labored um, because yeah. I had done i'd done the forty minute drive in in extreme labor before <laughs> and that was not fun um, yeah. and I also didn't want my other children to wake up while I was you know laying on the couch having a cry mm. and in pain. I didn't want to scare them so. About 5 o'clock we left left town and drove up to Palmerston North so that um, I could labour up there. I went to my friend's house and um, it was the same thing. It was really, really, really intense contractions, more intense than I'd ever felt with any of the other kids, but really far apart still. Um, So I think it was 7 o'clock I contacted my midwife seven o'clock in the morning and just said look here's where I'm at here's what's happening and um she had told me to stop timing for a couple of hours um and see what happened um yeah so at this point I was just trying so hard to relax I was laying down the whole time which in hindsight now I wish I hadn't done um mm. because I said to my husband I need to get to the hospital I need gas I have not felt pain like this before Um, and I was still at seven minutes apart Um, so as soon as I stood up to leave that was it the contractions came hard and fast and there was no gap between them so (laughs) I look back now and I think if I had got up and moved like they tell you to and and walked it would have moved everything along so much quicker." um instead of laying on my side on the couch for two hours so yeah in hindsight I wish I'd kept moving and and I think Mm. that would be what I would tell other people is just keep moving (laughs) help everything move Uh, I feel like I stalled it in a sense there so um Mm. yeah as soon as I stood up that was it and this was nine o'clock in the morning so we were sitting <laughs> yeah. in work traffic lights <laughs> and anyway. I was having contractions, crying, screaming, holding everything yeah. in the car. Um and yeah, so we got to the hospital at nine o'clock in the morning. Um and I gave birth to him at nine forty nine. So oh, wow. That, wow. yeah, that for me was really, really quick. But um when we got to the hospital I I had gas, so I had um, that's the pain relief that I had. Yeah. The uh, first thing I did, though, I walked straight in my room and I went and had a poo <laughs> because <laughs> I was not risking that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That has always been my personal self conscious fear. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, the the journey from home into the before the hospital was. Mm-hmm. It was very odd to me. It was very peculiar. My contractions were all over the place, um, but really, really intense. So when I got to the hospital, um, I I got on the gas obviously, and I had had. I felt like I wasn't that I hadn't been contracting for a long time, but when I look at my notes now. I think it was about maybe half an hour, 40 minutes or something. Um, yeah. My waters weren't breaking, but when I got to the hospital, my midwife checked me and I was 8 centimetres, and she said my bags were bulging. Like, mm. So I'm wondering if that was why I was in so much pain, because I felt like yeah. he was right there, um, but it wasn't. It was just my waters. So... I, I just laid there and labored on my back, which I haven't done before either. Um, but I feel yeah. like that's just naturally where my body positioned itself this time, if that makes sense. So yeah, I usually tend to be on my hands and knees or upright on my knees. Um, for some reason this time I just put myself on my back and that's where I stayed. Um, and then... My body just started pushing, and my midwife said to me, are you pushing? And I said, yeah, it's not me. Um, Hmm. It's my body. (laughs) My body is pushing. So she broke my waters. She said they were really tough to break. Um, So I don't know that they would have gone on their own at all, but as soon as she Mm. did that, he just kind of was coming. Um, It was... The hardest pushing I've ever done as well um, of the four that I've labored. Obviously, one was a C-section. Yeah. Um, he kept he kept coming back up. Mm. And, and so the fighting to push, I felt like I was holding the push. Everyone's telling me to push, and it's like I <laughs> feel like I haven't let the push go. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So... What felt like an hour of pushing, apparently in my notes, was seven minutes. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, the, the head came out and it was all, I found it really overwhelming just because of how quick it was compared to my others. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so he came out pretty much textbook. Head out, necks push, shoulders out. I think it I think it was about it took a lot more pushes to get the shoulders out, that felt like forever. Yeah. Um and then yeah, straight up onto mum's chest. Yeah, so this is where I would I would say to anyone, um if you have any wants or needs, talk to your midwife because mm-hmm. um I was staring at my baby and before you knew it, his cord was clamped, and that's not something I do. Um, so my midwife had clamped his cord and um, was cutting the cord because, like I said, she hadn't read my notes. So, yeah. um, so uh, from talking to people afterwards, I've just said, you know, everything, everything on your mind, talk to your midwife. I wish I'd done that. Uh, I wish mm. that I had just spoken to her about it. My needs and wants, um, instead of kind of expecting her to ask me. Um, yeah, yeah. I felt like we would have talked about it in the moment, but and and I thought that I would, but you forget that in that moment you're so overwhelmed and there's so much going mm-hmm. on. And but he, but he's here and he's safe and he's and he's happy and he's yeah, healthy yeah. So, but um, just little things like that. Um. So yeah, that was that was done. He was out. Um, took a little bit to get on the boob, and but yeah, he fed fed like a pro after that. Um, but yeah, yeah. like I said, this labor this labor was just so fast to me, but um, really odd, yeah. just very intense, very very intense.
0: Yeah, and did you need any stitches or anything like that after he was born?
1: No, so this is literally my first labor. That I did not have to have any stitches. Instead. I got extreme hemorrhoids. So you just <laughs> yeah. don't escape. It all unharmed. <laughs>
0: so yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: No stitches. But the worst hemorrhoids of my whole life. So mm. you win some you yeah. lose And some. how
0: long did you spend. Um, in the hospital after he was born.
1: I was in the hospital. For three hours. And then went to the birthing unit. Um, oh, so nice. we have. Yeah, we have a beautiful birthing unit over the road from the hospital. Um, I had previously birthed in the birthing unit uh, but wasn't allowed this time around because of the bleeding. Um, but, yeah, you mm-hmm. can go go there after giving birth, which we did. We transferred over and stayed there for two more nights. Um, we were allowed to stay longer because we actually had two children at home that had croup. Um, so we stayed at the birthing unit until we knew that they were um, on the yeah. mend and feeling better before bringing our baby home.
0: Yeah, yeah, nice, awesome. And how did you go once you took him home? And what was that um, first couple of weeks like? And obviously, you're um, you're not a newbie, but how did you find <laughs> the um, adjustment to having having five at home and did you notice any of the baby blues or anything like that when your hormones shifted what was that the whole experience like
1: um i am very very aware of myself now because um after my fourth son i got postnatal depression very badly very badly yeah i um, mean i talk about it a lot in, in my blogs um on on my sites and everything like that because it just comes out of nowhere. So we had actually discussed that in the planning um, of our pregnancy. So we knew that we had to be proactive this time so that I didn't go down that same track. Um, Yeah. So we, we as a partnership weren't comfortable with having another baby if we weren't going to change things. So, um, We've done different things, Um, so I promised to talk, (laughs) Um, talk more (laughs) and ask for support more and everything like that, and um, this time around was very much more aware of myself, so I think it was on the second day, um, sorry, (coughs) on the the second day, my husband, so I was still in the birthing unit, Um, my husband went to get some food. And I was by myself for the first time and I burst into tears. I was so mm. crying. I think I was just overwhelmed. Um I don't know what happened, but it was kind of like, Come on, we cannot do this, you know, you've got you just you've got a beautiful baby, everything's fine. <laughs> um, we are <laughs> not doing this again. But I think that's just the that was just the you know, the overwhelmed so much love. You've yeah, just gone yeah. through this big thing, and your body just has a release kind of yeah, so um we got him home, and it was kind of just business as usual, it had to be, so he was really good. You didn't even know there was a baby in the house for, for the <laughs> first couple of weeks, if I'm honest he yeah. um he would wake up to feed and um, I did spend the first couple of days kind of just relaxing. Um, well, with two toddlers, there's absolute chaos in the house and mess. <laughs> um, and I kind of just had to sit there and go, you know what, it is what it is, leave it. Mm. Because I, I know that we do tend to go, we have to do this, we have to get that washing done, we have to clean the house. And I feel that's where I started to spiral last time. Was Yeah, yeah. yeah the overwhelming need to be, you know, the mum and, and do all the mum yep. stuff and have the mum stuff done and and make sure, if, especially after you've just had a baby because visitors come. So, mm. you know, you have more visitors than you'd usually have. So you want your house cleaner than you usually would mm, and yeah. you want your children looking tidier than they usually would be. <laughs> and, and I think this time just had to let go of it all and go, you know what? my only focus is my baby um, and that's what my husband said to me Uh, he just said all you worry about is yourself and the baby and we will do everything else Um, so that that was huge but I think that's more of a mindset thing for us because people can say that to us but we don't listen because we want Mm. to be super mum and we want to do everything so yeah just had to recognize this time, you know what, sit your ass down. You just <laughs> had a baby. Give your body a break. Give yourself a break. And, and yeah, so I think that, is, that has helped. I've also had, um, you know, constant checking in from friends and family who know how bad I got last year and are you doing okay yep. and can we do anything. Um, and it's not just the are you doing okay. It's the, you know, be honest how are you feeling? Yeah. Are you all right? What What are your thoughts? Um, and I'm very open about um, those important conversations. You know, I will turn around to my husband and say, today's a bad day. I don't know why, but it's a bad day. I'm feeling off. <laughs> um, yeah. And then we'll go for a walk or something like that. So after medics, I was way more self-aware. Um And I've actually felt really, really good ever since having them. I haven't – I cried once, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've only cried once, which is really good (laughs) for me because even when I haven't had a baby, I cry a lot. (laughs) Oh, me too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, and I think the only reason I cried was because for the first time ever, I've put on weight since having a baby. Um. Mm. And I was trying to dress to leave the house, and I felt like a rolled pork, and I couldn't find anything <laughs> there but so i so I just cried, and then yep. my husband did the groceries and and all was right with the world again, so yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome, cool. And how have you um gone with breastfeeding? Has that been something that you've been able to do with your previous babies, and what's this journey been like for you so far?
1: So don't even get me started on breastfeeding <laughs> <laughs> I I could not breastfeed my first two. And I think that was purely down to not enough education, really, and information.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I didn't realize that it would be so hard. So when it, when it was hard, I just thought I couldn't do it. Um, mm. And I was 21 and 22 when I had my girls. So uh, I was really upset at myself that I couldn't breastfeed. But now that I'm older um and I've been to the antenatal classes and I actually had a really good midwife with my first two boys who helped me a lot um I just learned that it's just hard you just not for everyone but you you know Mm. if you can fight through it for a couple of weeks then then it's fine but I don't feel like enough people say that you know what it's hard (laughs) um yeah having someone on your nipples is not even though breastfeeding is natural, you know, we're not used to that and it and it's mm. it's gonna hurt and um so with my first son, um I remember being up curling my toes, crying, feeding him, going, Nope, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna mm-hmm. do it um and then he had it turned out that he had tongue tie, which I'd never even heard of before. Um, but after being referred to an osteo, we got his tongue tie cut and he was a good feeder after that. So that was something I learned from there. Um, as soon as I had Maddox, I booked him into an osteo. I checked his lips and his tongue myself and I felt like he had a lip tie. So I took him in and they said, yeah, he does. Um, so we've been sweeping that to help him feed, um, and because of that we've had a really good journey this time yep it, yeah. it hurt for you know a couple of weeks but we're both feeding like pros i think on the second or third day i was doing it one-handed and making a coffee and <laughs> um the the breastfeeding journey this time has been a lot more natural feeling and and a lot easier than in the past um, I think yeah. just from learning bits and pieces from each one, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which, which I think sometimes can be hard on. I've spoken to some friends of mine that are first time mums and, um, they don't expect that breastfeeding is going to feel like that to start with. Yeah. Um, yeah. they don't know that it's going to hurt. They don't know what lip and tongue tie is. They don't know about latching and, um, mm. I think there's there's lots of information out there for after the fact, but you don't go into it knowing that that's what it's going to be like. So I think I have that yeah. advantage where I I had those fails, um, but yeah, I'm glad that my last one that we're ending on a high, really. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we're awesome. still we're still feeding. Um, I'll. He, he did have his first bottle tonight. Um. Of breast milk though, so we just thought we'd try him on the bottle, and his dad can give him one every couple of days, and I'll just express yeah. and yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Awesome, cool. And I know that you mentioned the um the bad hemorrhoids. So how has your physical recovery been from birth this time around, and has it been different to your previous births?
1: You know what, those things are horrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. have never ever experienced anything like that in my life um yeah. yeah so they've all been different my my first labor I had a couple of stitches I left the hospital three hours after I had her and I carried on with life I think I was I was 21 and nothing could take me down you know you're like <laughs> a at that age physically um my my second daughter she was a cesarean um so obviously recovery was Horrific with that. I don't know how people have electives. Honestly, if you have an elective C-section, you're a superwoman in my eyes (laughs) because I cannot do that again. Um, actually, ended up getting an infection in my scar with her as well. Um, Mm. I just put that down to I already had a child and I had to pick her up because. Um, Mm. one thing I didn't mention is my my first two daughters are actually ten and a half months apart. Yeah. So they uh they are the same age for 6 weeks every year and so <laughs> I I had a 10 and a half month old and a newborn. Um so running around looking after her I got an infection in my scar. So that was probably my worst recovery. Um yeah. but this time yeah uh, the hemorrhoids were definitely a spanner in the works. I feel like everything would have been perfect walking away um mm. if it had not been for them they came in at about day two and holy hecker so I just sent the husband I just remember walking from the bathroom to the lounge and saying look I'm spending some money today I need some <laughs> hemorrhoid cream <laughs> so my husband went and got some and he said that once they found out at the shop who it was for they went and got the good stuff <laughs> um <laughs> So it's nice to know that my butt is sacred in our town and well looked <laughs> after. But um yeah, no, that was I did actually I must have cried twice because I did. I walked out to the kitchen and I just burst into tears. You know, walking was hard, sitting was hard. Mm. Um, every time I coughed I would cry, it hurt so bad, you'd just fight with your whole body to keep your butt in. Um I just said to my husband, "This is not fair. We go through, you know, nine Mm. months of pregnancy and being tired and heavy and hot, and and then you labour and you push a whole human out of your vagina, and now this, and now Mm. every time I shower, I'm putting my butt back in. Like this is not Mm. fair." Um, So they took about, I think it was on week three, they started going down, and um, yeah, no. It's just I've never experienced anything like it. But um we're all good now. They're there but they're very quiet. So yeah. they can be there as long as they are very quiet.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I'm sure that will give um some kind of hope to some people out there who are in a very similar situation. It's just like,
1: I hope so. Yeah, wouldn't <laughs> wish rest, it on your worst enemy. Rest up. <laughs> rest up and
0: cream your butt that's all I can say yeah funny yeah awesome and um I know there'll be lots of listeners out there who are keen to know how you're finding I guess being a mum to five and um, that adjustment to having a newborn baby and still quite young kids and then some your older daughters as well so how have you found that adjustment and um yeah what advice would you give to other mums out there considering going for another baby
1: at the moment, I think my biggest fear is probably next year. So I'm mm. I'm um, still studying. I left work six years ago, um, working with high-needs children to get a degree. So my three-year degree, I'm in my sixth year, <laughs> and yeah. next year is yeah. my last. So that's where my fear sits at the moment with five kids and um, yeah. trying to finish that degree. But like I said before, it's just about being proactive. So um, I think... Just, if you've got resources there, if you've got friends, if you've got family, Mm. I've just had to learn to use them. I was very stubborn before. These are my kids. It's my family. I look after them. It's all me. I have to do it. I chose them. Um, And after my last son, who was really hard, I learned, you know what? You know, the village everyone talks about, you have to use Mm. it. Mm. You 100% have to let other people into your family to be there. Um, Yeah. I... So how it works in our house is my two older girls have a huge big board down in their room, and it's pretty much a word-by-word list of everything that they have to do during the day, down to when to brush their teeth and when to put their washing in the the laundry. So these girls have had to become very self-sufficient. So, you know, they're, they're nearly 12 and 13. They can look after themselves, so they have to. They make their own lunch. They make their own beds. They have a chart that says on fr- every second Friday, um, you know, change all of the bedding on all of the beds and that kind of stuff. And so that takes a bit of pressure off. Plus they've learned how to look after themselves. Um, yeah. With the younger boys, I've we've had to put a process in place where, you know, one goes to kindy one day and one goes to kindy the other day. And um, I've got, I'm very lucky where I've got my mother-in-law who lives in the same street. Um. So she she's very limited in what she can do with the with the younger baby, but um, you know, my boys love going to her house. And a couple of years ago, I would be like, "No, you don't have to have them. no, they they might no My mm-hmm. responsibility. I look after them. Now it's what time do you want them? And for how many weeks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So my biggest advice to anyone would would be. Take the help, um, yeah. dish it out. Use your village. You know, I I tried to stay so stubborn um, and be super mum, and it nearly killed me. Mm-hmm. Um, last year taught me a lot. I got so sick, got postnatal depression, and it was simply down to trying to do everything on my own. Yeah. Um, yep. And you just you just can't do that at all. With no matter mm. how many kids that you've got, but um, we did get questioned by family and friends a lot on why we chose to have another one after last year was so difficult. Yeah, but yeah. you know, you you, if you want, if you're considering having another one, you just sit down in silence and just watch them because quite often we just sit there and we watch them, and you know, there's there's well, there's five of them now, but four of them do stuff this one doesn't you watch their mannerisms you you see all their different personalities and what they bring to the household Mm -hmm. and um and that's one thing I've said in my blogs as well you know I sit there and I wonder like what what seat are you going to sit at the table what's your personality going to be like you know um are you going to be the smart one the funny one you know and i just don't think that you can have too much of that in your home and yeah yeah we sit on the deck and watch these kids in the backyard and they're laughing and playing and or fighting i say <laughs> laughing and playing but i should say fighting and screaming <laughs> um <laughs> yeah and and you'll know i think as well with riley who i had last year i remember having him and sitting there and thinking i was so upset i'm not going to be pregnant again I'm never Mm going to get to feel this again. I'm never going to get to go through this again. Um, And although we said we were done, I feel like a piece of you knows that you're not. Because Mm -hmm. as soon as I had Maddox five weeks ago, the first thing I thought was I cannot wait to see what the future brings. Like, I can't wait to see, you know, who he becomes. I can't wait to see all the kids together at Christmas. I wasn't sad anymore. I I Mm -hmm. felt done. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you kind of you do, you close the book so if, if you are sitting there going oh I don't think that I'm done you're probably not and I can tell you mm. right now that it's a very different feeling when you are done um, yeah. Yeah. I feel very complete now I feel very at ease like my family is done we have our family here and, and now we go on to the next chapter of our life and just watching them grow Mm. and seeing who they do become and (laughs) um I find it really exciting my my little ones have taught my older ones how to how to care and um you know I think they'll go on to be amazing mothers because I already Mm. see it in them now and you know they they teach the younger kids how to play and laugh and dance and I just yeah there's room for all of them here I would never have thought (laughs) that before because I was only going to have two now yeah I have
0: five <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, awesome very cool well thank you Christine for coming on the podcast and sharing your stories with us I've really enjoyed talking to you and I know that um, there'll be lots of people out there who really love your episodes so I do really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me
1: thank you for having me I was so nervous about it because I have verbal diarrhea and <laughs> I was like I'm, I'm not going to shut up
0: <laughs> no you were perfect thank you
1: that's awesome thank you so much for having me thanks
0: so much for listening to this week's episode of kiwi birth tales and if you've made it through listening with my um sick voice then i do appreciate it another huge thank you to my monthly for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast i really appreciate your support and i would love for you guys to go and check them out i'll leave a link in the show notes as well as on the kiwi birth tales instagram page I'm looking forward to bringing you the final episode of 2020 next week. And yeah, I can't wait. It'll be a goodie. So keep an eye out. Talk soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands.